When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's Wednesday, April 5th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, the Guardians, uh, Slipped last night, uh, lose in Oakland 4-3. to three. Uh, The A's walk it off in the bottom of the ninth inning against game, uh, James Karinchak. Uh, he falls to 0-2 on the seasons, taking both uh, losses for Cleveland. Uh, what did you see out of uh, Shane Bieber to start with? And then, uh, you know, just Cleveland not being able to, to you know, We've seen them come back so many times on this road trip and just and just not be able to uh, to get the get it done uh, late in the game last night. Yeah, I thought Beaver pitched pretty well, Joe. He gives goes six innings, three runs, three earned. You know, seven strikeouts, one walk. Uh, you know, kind of reminiscent of his uh, the season opener performance. Although you know he given he gave he went six scoreless in that game, but. Uh, you know, he, he pitched. Uh, he did. He wasn't. He didn't have as much uh, traffic on the bases as uh, his start against Seattle. Uh, he had the one inning uh, where he gave up the two runs in the third, uh, and then you know he's got a three-two lead with uh, two outs in the sixth, and uh, you know that wild pitch gets past Zanino, and it's it's a tie game and kind of takes him out of the uh, decision, the chance for the win. So you bring up the uh, the wild pitch there uh, in in uh, Bieber's last inning, uh, a chance to get out of it without giving up that that run, and uh, Zanino just not able to to block the uh, uh, the ball in the dirt and and um, you know complete the strikeout. Uh, the the batter gets first base, uh, the run comes home, and this is not the first time that we've seen. Uh, Mike Zanino having uh, trouble back there. I believe the Guardians are still uh, either leading or at the, close to the top of uh, all of baseball in wild pitches so far this season. Uh, and, you know, we've we've gotten spoiled over the last several years with Roberto Perez, with uh, Austin Hedges back behind the plate and, and the way that they're able to handle themselves back there. Uh What's the level of concern right now with Mike Zanino and how much he's struggled behind the plate defensively uh, so far for Cleveland? Well, I think they're they're trying to be patient, Joe. Uh, you know, they're six games in. Uh, you know, 
Francona has said that he believes Zanino is going to get better at blocking balls in the dirt. You know, the more he gets into the flow of the season, the warmer the weather gets. Um, you know, but, you know, this, like you said, it is a reoccurring problem. You know, that we're talking about a guy that's 32 that only caught about 30 plus games uh, last year before he had the uh, shoulders or the arm surgery on his left arm. Uh, you know, we're talking about a guy that's still kind of getting his act together. And, uh, but that was, that was a big, uh, that was a big play in the game because who knows? I mean, if, you know, if, if Bieber gets out of that inning with the strikeout, you know, you got the three, two lead, you know, it kind of changes the whole complexion of that game. Yeah. And, uh, the, the one thing that Shane Bieber was able to do last night was, uh, you know, give them a little length, give them a, a, a few innings there. Uh, six innings and and sort of save the bullpen a little bit uh, after, you know, Terry Francona had said a couple of times that, you know, he was worried about uh, getting these guys through the week with uh, seven consecutive games to start the season. Uh, how do you think things uh, shape up with Hunter Gaddis going uh, this afternoon? And, and uh, are, are they going to be able to, to piece things together if Gaddis uh, gets knocked around? Yeah, that's a concern, uh, Joe, and that's why, uh, you know, Zach Plesak is going to be backing up the bullpen today. Uh, you know, Plesak only went one inning um, on uh, Monday night. Uh, he pitched into the second inning, but he didn't record an out in that, uh, you know, crazy a 12 to 11 win in 10 innings. Uh, so he's going to be backing up the bullpen. If And if, I would imagine if Gaddis has a short outing, you know, uh, you know, uh, Plesak could be in there earlier than expected. And if he does go in, you know, they're going to need a, a starter for Sunday because, uh, you know, Plesak is scheduled to start uh, Sunday against uh, Seattle at home. Uh, so, uh, you know, that it's going to be, you know, there's a lot of, lot, of, lot of moving parts here, Joe. And, you know, that bullpen has been taxed. You know, De Los Santos, Karinchek, uh, Trevor Steffen, they've all made four appearances in, uh, you know, the first six games of the season. You know, Steffen has pitched four innings. Uh, you know, De Los Santos, 3.2, uh, Karinchek, three innings. You know, it's, um, so, you know, the, uh, it would be nice if, uh, Gaddis could, uh, you know, do, you know, kind of get into the fifth or sixth inning and just, uh, you know, get the, give, uh, the bullpen a chance to gather itself. And it would be nice if they scored some runs too. Yeah, that uh, that's the other side of the coin there. Uh, last night, you know, up until this point, uh, uh, the Guardians' offense had had been, uh, you know, it, what the, the previous night they, they had a bunch of hits, sixteen hits, something like that. Uh, yeah, 12, 12 runs and sixteen hits against Oakland, and last night uh, limited to uh, three runs, eight hits, still out hit the the A's, uh, but and. You got two hits out of Stephen Kwan. You got two hits out of Andres Jimenez. Uh, but then, uh, you know, really, uh, Ahmed Rosario went 0 for 4, uh, had an opportunity with a couple of guys on base, and he, he bounced into a, a double play uh, and and really just sort of uh, short-circuited a couple of opportunities there. Uh, just what did you see last night from the, the Guardians at the plate? Yeah, you know, Joe, they they were they were competitive through the first five innings, and then they just got they just uh, you know they got shut down by an Oakland bullpen that they really worked over the night before. From uh, the fifth inning on, they did they were held hitless and score and and didn't score a run. So uh, 
you know, it was, uh, you know, they kind of hit a wall there and, uh, you know, it, and it just became a, a matter of who was going to get one big swing first. And uh, Tony Kemp got it in the ninth inning against, uh, you know, against Karen Chak. Yeah. Um, Karen Chak, uh, you know, I don't think uh, last night's outing really didn't seem like uh, it was it was anything to, to, to be concerned about that the walk was uh, uh, what was the the most troubling part I mean I guess the leadoff walk when when you can't do that when you come out there in the in the ninth inning in a tie game uh, that leadoff walk you did everything else pretty much right in that inning except for uh, the pitch to Kemp but uh, the, the leadoff walk is always going to come back and kill you yeah and he has had some problems with the strike zone uh, through you know in this early part of the season Three walks, five Ks, uh, four four runs allowed in uh, three innings, Joe. So you know he's he's had a uh, you know he's he's going to have to work hard to get that ERA down right now because he's he's about at a 12, 12 ERA right now, and uh, you know he's just uh, he's just a little erratic, you know he's he's uh, Karen check, and but right now with the pitch clock and and the you know the the bullpen being overused, you know, he's kind of, he's in the forefront right now. And, uh, you know, it, it, he's, uh, you know, he's had a couple tough outings and, you know, he's got to bounce back from that. With, uh, with the depth that the bull, bullpen has shown in the first six games and, you know, the Tito's ability to be able to trust some different guys later in games. Do you think once they get back to, to Cleveland and once things settle down and they settle into routines and stuff, that uh, maybe he can move Karen check up in the in and in, in, in pitch him in, you know, sort of non leverage situations, if that's the case, to, to sort of ease him back into a comfort zone. Uh, maybe pitch some other guys in the, the eighth and ninth innings uh, of, of close games and, and let him work his way back into feeling comfortable. It could be, Joe. I think, you know, we you know, with, with Francona is very patient with these guys. You know, he he like I think he likes Karen check in the eighth inning, and I don't think he's you know he's ready to pull the plug on him right now. I think he's going to stay with him. But you're right, you know we've seen uh, we've seen Morgan you know pitch well late. Uh, we've seen uh, uh, you know Sandlin come in and, and do a nice job. Uh, De Los Santos I think has been kind of a rock so far. You know, just four games. You know, three and two third innings. Uh, no runs, one hit, four strikeouts. You know, he's been a solid guy. So he could, you know, he's a seventh or eighth inning guy. So, but I don't think he's going to run away from Karen check. I think he'll, uh, I think he'll stay with him, you know, and just, you know, we, we, he's seen him be successful before. And, uh, I, I would think, uh, Karen check's got a little longer rope than, uh, you know, he's, 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 you know, I think he's right now. He'll he'll stay in that in that spot as a setup guy. Okay. Uh, as far as uh, you know, what the the Guardians have have been able to do uh, with their their defense uh, last night uh, again, uh, you know, everything looked pretty good. Uh, do Do you see uh, Gabriel Arias who who played first base? Uh, getting more opportunities uh, to, to to be in the lineup and 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 hit and not not just hit. I mean, he hit his first home run of the season last year. It was a big boy shot to uh, to center field. Uh, 
but does does his ability to play first base and and be flexible defensively, you know, get him an opportunity to to maybe play a little more uh, coming up? Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, I think you know, Josh Bell is going to be back in there uh, today uh, for this series uh, series finale. Um, you know, he got the day off uh, last night. Uh, he, uh, Francona thought he was, you know, kind of, you know, being uh, coming, swinging out at pitches out of the zone on uh, Monday night. So, uh, you know, game of the day off. But I think, you know, Arias and, and Will Brennan, they're kind of in an interesting spot, Joe. You know, they're two rookies, uh, you know, who are used to playing every day in the minors. And now they're having to adjust to a, a, a kind of a bench role. And it, I think it's, you know, it's really difficult for these guys. But so far, Francona has been really happy with, uh, with uh, you know, the way they've handled themselves, the work they're getting, they're staying sharp. You know, they, they've been used, uh, you know, as, as much as he can use them in these first six games, and they've both gotten some hits. So uh, I think, uh, you know, that's the role they, they've got. I don't see it really changing too much unless, you know, there's an injury or something like that. Uh, as far as what Miles Straw has been able to bring uh, to the bottom of the lineup, uh, we saw him last night, had a hit, uh, had a, a couple of uh, walks, got on base, ran the bases really well, uh, scored a run. Uh, just what has Miles Straw looking a little bit more like the Miles Straw of 2021? Uh, what has that meant to uh, this lineup, and and you know what's the the potential there if he's he's able to sustain this for any sort of length of time? Yeah, I think that's that's a great point, Joe, because he connects. You know, the, he's in the number nine spot. He connects with the the top of the lineup with uh, with Quan and Rosario and Ramirez and Quan and him, Quan and uh, and 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 uh, Straw have really been kind of dynamic uh, in this lineup. They've really kept it going. You know, it looks like, uh, you know, Straw has an edge to his game back. You know, uh, in, in the uh, 12 to 11 game, you know, he stole bases in, in the uh, eighth and ninth inning, scored a run, had a couple hits, a sacrifice punt, to set up a two-run inning. And last night, like you said, he had, his, he had a single, two walks. So he's getting on base, Joe. He's using his speed. You know, and, uh, you know, he's stealing bases when everybody knows you have to steal a base, you know, which are the hardest to steal. And, you know, he's he looks like like you said, he looks like the guy they they brought over in the second half of the 2021 season in that deal for Houston. I, I still I still believe it's it's a confidence thing with him. All all you have to do is see the way he's talking and, uh, in, in, you know, the, the little snippets of interviews that they're playing uh, on the broadcasts and. You know, he has a little bit more of that confidence and, and sort of swagger that he had uh, back in 2021. Uh, I think last year was 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 rough for him on his on his ego. I think, uh, you know, he knows he didn't do what he needed to do at the plate, uh, but he sounds a lot more confident right now. And I, I think that has a lot to do with what you get out of Miles Straw when he's feeling good about himself. Uh, you're you're going to see him uh, perform a, a lot better. Uh, hey, I uh, wanted to take a second here, mention uh, subtext again, uh, cleveland.com slash subtext. It's $3.99 a month to subscribe. Uh, you get updates from myself and from Hoinsey, uh on the road uh, with the club uh, and behind the scenes. Uh, you can send a text message to 216-208-4346 if you want to sign up that way. 
Hoinsey, uh, if they had the the subtext subscribers uh, had been uh, you know signed up and and uh, by their phones yesterday, they would have found out uh, as soon as we knew about who was going to be throwing out the first pitch at the home opener. It's going to be Travis Kelsey from Cleveland Heights and the uh, the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Travis Kelsey and his mom Donna, who uh, became a celebrity during the Super Bowl. Uh, because she had two sons playing in the Super Bowl. Uh, they'll be throwing out the first pitch, and the uh, the Guardians are also going to make a, a, an addition to their uh, to their uniform for the home opener. Uh, pretty neat uh, that they're they're going to honor one of their own. Yeah, John Adams. Uh, they'll have a patch on their uniform for him. You know, John Adams, the uh, the late drummer uh, for uh, the for the uh, for the Guardians and the Indians. For how how many years, Joe? 30, 40 oh, years? I mean, uh, more than that, maybe more than, more than that. More than 40, because uh, if uh, on they're going to wear the patch on opening day, on, on the home opener, and then they're going to wear the patch again on August 24th, and that marks the 50th anniversary of the first time John Adams brought his drum to Old Municipal Stadium. Uh, so those would be the two times they wear that John Adams patch on their jerseys. So it's uh, fantastic just to, to to see them them honor um, John Adams that way. But uh, I I got to tell you, I didn't think 50 years. That's that's just crazy to to, to think about. Uh, it, it's been that long since he started uh, the the whole tradition of bringing the drum to the uh, the ball games. Yeah, he's you know he made a legacy that that'll never be forgotten in Cleveland, Joe. I think uh, you know you don't see that very often where. You know, a, a major league ball cl- club uh, wears a patch honoring a fan. You know, that's a that's quite a that's quite a compliment, quite an achievement, and very well deserved by uh, by John Adams, who you know unfortunately passed away. You know, just just recently, just before the start of the season, Joe. So, you know, uh, he he'll be missed, uh, but you know he'll be remembered through this as well. Other uh, other things about the home opener uh, to note, they're, they're going to have a moment of silence to honor John Adams. Also, Gaylord Perry, uh, one of their legendary pitchers who uh, passed away in December. Uh, they'll, they'll honor Gaylord Perry uh, before the game. Uh, Norrell Simpson will sing the national anthem, and uh, she's a John Carroll graduate, a uh, local musician, who uh, performed as a, a backup dancer and singer uh, at the? She's performed in two Super Bowl halftime shows. Most recently, as a as a backup to Rihanna uh, at the the most recent Super Bowl. So, uh, pretty uh, you know nice honor for a Cleveland native uh, there. And uh, there will be a, a, a military flyover. Uh, so we'll get the, uh, the the jets flying over the stadium. Always one of the the, the Favorite moments of uh, the the home opener every year when when that happens. Looks like the weather might be might might just be okay. Might be a little bit crisp, but it might be. It looks like it's going to be clear on uh, on Friday. So uh, hopefully uh, today in Cleveland it's uh, it's about seventy degrees. So uh, starting to get the feeling, starting to get the itch for that uh, that home opener and and uh, you know what it could be this weekend with Seattle in town. Yeah, it's always great to uh, the home opener is always an event in, in Cleveland, whether it's the season opener or the home opener. You know, it's it's always fun. It's it's like a holiday. And, uh, you know, Aaron Savali is going to be uh, starting the home opener. Joe, he's coming off seven scoreless innings. 
against uh, Seattle, and he's going to have a rematch against Logan Gilbert, who uh, you know they they faced off uh, in the uh, second game of the regular season last uh, just this past weekend. Well, it's it, everything goes the same. They the same result from uh, from the uh, Savali season debut, I think, would be acceptable for everybody uh, <laughs> in the ballpark if he's efficient, gives them seven innings scoreless, and uh, and uh, we'll we'll see how that goes. Yeah, always always look forward to uh, the it's 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 Cleveland's national holiday, man. It's it's uh, they should have a parade. I tell you, every every year, um, I. It'll be the one game of the year that I wear uh, that I wear a sport coat to the ballpark. Uh, the, the only time because uh, yeah, you, you you do it up fancy on the first game. That's uh, that's the way to do it. Uh, all right, Hoynesy, that's going to wrap up today's edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Uh, we'll be back on uh, Thursday afternoon to uh, recap everything that that went on on the first uh, trip, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you then. All right, Joe. 